You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at livethemessage.org. Great to see you on a Sunday evening. So I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit shortly after coming to know Jesus in April of 1973, and just right after I graduated in June, I was at a Chi Alpha meeting, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was such a Bible illiterate. I mean, I knew nothing about the Bible. I knew a few stories about Jesus, but that was all that I knew. And so as this born-again experience that radically changed my life. In fact, I was the sound man for a concert that Chi Alpha sponsored. And the, the, Christian, the man who was the artist was a very popular singer in the 1960s. And, uh, you know, he's one of my rock icons. And so I go to this concert because I love the music. And I got bushwhacked by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus because he sang his music. But woven into the narrative was how he came to know the Lord. And so while sitting at the sound table, mixing the sound, Jesus appeared to me. And he said these words, Dick, follow me. And I was born again. And, and in that that moment of time, all of my values changed on the inside. Now I realize every one of our conversion experiences is unique, right? That's why we don't compare with one another, because God knows how to deal with us as individuals. But in that moment, my aspirations to be an engineer, my desires for technology and all of that just ended, and, and I had a new desire, and that was to follow Jesus. I wasn't even sure what that meant but it was, it was such a clear mandate. And so then, as I started attending Chi Alpha meetings and hearing people worship, I would hear people speaking in other languages. I had no concept that these people didn't go to school and learn these languages. You know, I knew a little bit of Spanish, and I knew how hard it was to, you know, try to load some new language in your mind. It's an arduous process. And so we would be worshiping, the presence of the Lord would be there, and I'd hear people quietly praying in other languages. And I thought, well, you know, smart people speak other languages, Colleges are, college students are smart people, and I thought they speak German, French, Spanish, and Italian, that's what I thought. And no concept that they didn't study to have those languages. So after several weeks of this, and, and I was curious I wasn't weirded out by it at all, but I was curious. And I finally asked one of my friends, why do these people speak in these new languages? And he explained to me, he said, Dick, that's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, baptism is something that my parents did for me in the mainline church that I grew up. And I was too young to even remember it. So the term really didn't have much meaning for me. So my friend very wisely said, Dick, go home and start reading the book of Acts. I wasn't even sure where Acts was in the Bible. I knew Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That was about it. And he said, well, you know, just right after Luke, read the next book. So for the first time, I started reading the book of Acts. And now, being born again, my eyes are opened. I was amazed by everything that was written in the book of Acts. And I, you know, all good students have yellow highlighters, so I had a yellow highlighter. So I decided I would highlight in yellow in my Bible every time the Holy Spirit is mentioned. And of course, you start in Acts chapter 1, Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, more Holy Spirit. And of course, there's this phenomena of languages I noticed. 
that every time the Holy Spirit would come, the impact is that these people would speak supernaturally in new languages. And I read that all throughout the book of Acts. And so after this intense two-week study that I was doing, and nobody knew it. It was just me and Jesus. And so I, I came to the conclusion, because Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So faith entered my heart that I could have one of these languages. So I went to the next Chi Alpha meeting, and just like Tony was leading worship here tonight, except this was kind of informal in a living room, I prayed a prayer during the first song, silent, nobody in the room knew, but I said, Jesus, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I want to see, receive one of the languages that I read about in the book of Acts. And I had no more prayed that prayer than Steve, who was leading the singing, put his guitar down, came over to me on the couch, and, and when he approached me, there was fire in his eyes. And I knew something was going to happen. And he laid his hands on my shoulder, and he said, Lord, Dick wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, my first response was, who told him? See, this was a private search. No one knew what I was doing. And the fact that Steve came over, which he never did another time, just one time, he came over and prayed for me at the specific moment when I prayed, Jesus, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, it created a God moment for me. That God is real. Whoa, he's answering my prayers. It's, it's, that left a memory imprint in, in my mind that I will never forget. See, I'll never forget that God made himself real to me in that moment. I'm so glad Steve obeyed the prompting of the Holy Spirit. See, what if Steve would have said, man, I don't want to do that. See, it, the moment would have passed and God's intention to make himself known would have been missed, wouldn't it? And God, you know, he's gracious. He would have set up other circumstances. But see, I don't want to frustrate God's will. I don't want to frustrate the Father's work. And so, as I, I'm learning to recognize the wonderful prompting of the Spirit, see, I want to obey that because by faith, I know that God is doing something. See, I know that God has gone ahead, and I know something powerful is going to happen because it happened to me. Well, I didn't speak in a new language right at that moment, but later on in the meeting, we were praying for an individual that, that needed deliverance. And so the whole group went into a warfare kind of prayer mode. And as, as I am praying as hard as I knew how to pray, suddenly I'm not praying in English. I'm not praying in the very limited Spanish that I knew, but I was praying in a brand new language. See, that's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. It's, it's allowing Jesus, who lives in you, the Spirit who lives within you, to vocalize his prayer language. And it's a unique prayer language. Every, I, I have prayed, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here, I have prayed for over a thousand people in the last 40 years to be baptized in the Spirit. It's wonderful being a Holy Spirit midwife because it's, it's wonderful watching people come in to what God has for them. And you know, of all those people, I have never heard a duplicate language. It's because everyone, see, Father gives each one of us a unique language. It's glorious. It's wonderful. And it's something that God wants every one of us in this room to have. I used the illustration this morning 
Now, every believer has the Holy Spirit, right? And so everyone, see, is eligible for this. And when I, when I shake this up, then the, the effervescence comes out of the Coke. And receiving the baptism in the Spirit is simply undoing the cap here. And the is the prayer language. It's letting Jesus, you're giving Jesus vocalization or a voice to pray what he wants to pray. And you're praying, see, by the infinite intellect of God. I pray with my mind, and we're to do that, aren't we? Paul says we're to pray with the mind, because the mind is good, and we're to pray with our understanding. The problem is, is our understanding is limited, isn't it? It's, it, it's the, there's a, such a bigger picture out there. And so when I, when I yield myself to the language of the Spirit, then Jesus can pray what he knows needs to be prayed right at this very moment. And see, Paul understood this. And I believe when, when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18, this is Paul's personal testimony, but he says this. He says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Now, he's correcting the Corinthians for some public excess, right? They're misusing the gift. They're not using it in love. So Paul's reining him in saying, no, 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 no. Don't everybody stand up and speak in tongues and interrupt people. He said, that's chaotic. So he's giving guidelines in 1 Corinthians 14. He's not saying the gift is bad. He's saying, when you exercise the gift of private prayer language, do so at home. And Paul testifies, I speak in tongues more than all of you. You guys, when I read that as a young believer, it just rang true with me that if, boy, if Paul the Apostle did this, then I'm going to follow his example. I am going to do that and make private prayer language a part of my life. And I want to challenge you, if, if, if you've received your prayer language, begin using it regularly. I pray in tongues an hour a day. Now, I don't sit down for an hour because, like you, I'm busy. But I do it when I'm driving somewhere, when I'm maybe mowing the lawn, doing something menial that my, I'm, I don't have to be so mentally engaged. I am praying in the Spirit because I want to be ready for opportunities that come my way. And when I, when I flew down here on Saturday, I, I had about eight, six, six hours in the plane. And, and I prayed in the spirit the whole time. And I wasn't sitting in the seat going, acting like an idiot. <laughs> you know, nobody even knew that I was doing it. Because I just did it quietly. I'm, I'm, I'm not there to show off, I'm, but, I'm, but I want to be disciplined. Just like Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And see, that, that lifestyle of, of praying regularly in the Holy Spirit will set you up to be a, the, the, the instrument and the vessel for the supernatural things of God to operate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is the most amazing gift. And, and once you receive the gift of the Spirit, see, when you, when you pray in the Spirit, so, so you know, like, I, I pray cumulatively pretty much every day. Throughout the day, I, I've been praying in the Spirit. And so what am I doing? See, I'm stirring up the gift within me. And then I'm in a situation where Jesus wants to touch someone. Then Jesus said, out of our innermost being would flow rivers of living water. So what happens is the, the cap comes off, 
and something supernatural happens. Not for me, it's for someone else. And every time I, see, every time I believe we pray extensively in the Holy Spirit, that's what's happening. You're preparing your heart and you're get, getting ready to release the work of the Holy Spirit. So I want to challenge you. If, you if, if you're not regularly practicing your prayer language, I want to encourage you to start doing that. Start with five or ten minutes a day. Don't start with an hour. You know, it's too big a bite. But, you know, it just takes a Lord. Okay, this week I'm going, to, I'm going to take ten minutes a day just to pray in the Spirit. And then when you do that, then increase it in the next week or two. And then, and then you know, in the next six months, work up to where you're praying in the, in the Spirit an hour a day. And, and I guarantee two things will happen. One is that you will see supernatural things happening through your life. Because you're going to be so full of the Holy Spirit, you're, you're just going to squirt. You're going <clears> to, <throat> I mean, it's just going to come out, you know. It's like wiring some electri- electrical switches with the power on. You know, it's inevitable <laughs> you get zapped because the power, <laughs> whoa, the power's on. And you see, you're going to be so alive in the Spirit that spiritual gifts and, and impartations of love towards others are just going to bubble out of your life. And then the second thing that will happen is that it corporately, as we, we are gathered together as God's people, see, then Jesus can express his life through us as a corporate body. See, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. That's the command center of the universe. And what does he want to do? He wants to express his life every time we gather, right? See, you think about this. Holy Spirit has an agenda for every time we're together, right? And to the degree that all of us are listening, see, we're we're learning to live in tune, in sync with the Holy Spirit. And and as the presence of the Lord and the, the presence of the Lord, did you sense that tonight? That the Lord came. He was, he's here among us tonight. So as that is happening, then the Spirit is like in the Latin Vulgate. The Latin describes this as the dancing hand of God. Okay, so the presence of the Lord is here. We're responding. We're loving Jesus. And so the Spirit is hovering over us. And the Spirit may say, okay, I want you to say this. Maybe it's a tongue, see? Or maybe it's a revelation. Or maybe, Lord, there's someone here with, that has trouble in their eyes and God wants to heal you. See, I don't know what God's going to say. But Jesus wants to do something while we're gathered here. He has a unique agenda. And the leadership, you know, they all seek the Lord. And that's all part of it. But there's also moments when Jesus just spontaneously wants to do something. And, um, and, and I've seen this in our college fellowship. We had a segment during the, the worship time that we designated for people to contribute. And often students would receive prophecies and scriptures, and, and it, often it would minister to someone that was visiting there that night. And afterwards, they'd come up and talk to me and said, how, 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 did, how do they know that's what's going on in my life? See, that's the signature of the supernatural. In 1 Corinthians 14, about verse 32, Paul says that if all prophesy and an unbeliever or someone not versed in spiritual gifts comes into your midst, the Bible says that the secrets of his heart will be revealed. 
See, there, there's something holy about being with God's people. And see, that God, God, God reveals secrets to show us that he loves us. And he show us that you can't hide in holiness, can you? It's like, whoa, God is in this place. And, and if, if I'm unrepentant, the Lord may, well, just come up and say, all right, you better repent because you're doing this. And that's, that's the holiness of God working through God's people. And so as we, we are, we're open and sensitive to prophesy and to do what Jesus wants us to do, see, then he can touch people and minister to them in a supernatural way. Now, the word of God does that, right? Preaching, see, that's all part of it. But, the, but there's an element of the spiritual gifts where Jesus uniquely desires to touch people. And that's what I want you to learn to be sensitive to. So my wife and I, we do a program with Kyle in Montana called Summer Job Project. This summer we had 25 university students from all over the country. They live, we have a residential live-in Kyle Center, so they live there for three months. We already have employer partners, so we have jobs all lined up for them. So they work during the day, they come home, we, we have corporate meals together. Then a couple of evenings a week, we do Bible studies and training. And then on the weekends, we do mountain adventures because we do live in incredibly beautiful Rocky Mountain country. So they take two overnight backpack trips. They go to Yellowstone Park for a day, lots of day hikes. So it's, it's a great recreational summer. But it's also a spiritual experience of living together. And, and we practice the, the gifts of the Spirit. We make opportunities for for all of us to grow in these things. So in the, during the first week of our summer job project this year, one of our staff girls who came back for a second year, we, we asked certain students to come back and serve on staff with us. Because when you're taking 25 students into the mountains, you need to have lots of eyes, you know, so that people aren't getting hurt and getting in trouble. So we have five staff people. And so Susie has... People were giving testimonies. She suddenly sensed this uncomfortable issue of comparison going on in her thinking. And she thought, Lord, I don't normally struggle with this. What, what's going on? And the Lord spoke to her and said, this is not for you. It's for Hannah, who's sitting next to you. And she goes, okay. And, and, the, and she said, Lord, well, what do you want me to do with this? And the Lord said, during the break, talk to her about it. So we took a break, and so Susie turns to Hannah and says, Hannah, are you struggling with comparison? And Hannah looked at her like, how did you know? She said, the Lord showed me that you're dealing with comparison. And she started weeping because she was feeling so out of place. She was actually thinking of leaving the program. I don't fit in here. These people are all spiritual. I'm not spiritual. It was an attack of the enemy, see? It was a demonic attack to try to separate her from the program. And see, that word of knowledge opened a door. Hannah repented, and she had a glorious summer. And she shared this at the end of the summer when we all kind of shared parting testimonies. And she said, had this not happened, I, I probably would have left. But as it is now, I've, I've moved from comparison into celebration, where instead of being threatened by other people's strengths, I celebrate with them, and, and my life was transformed. Thank the Lord for Susie, who was sensitive to a gift of the Holy Spirit 
that revealed the secrets of Hannah's heart and resulted in her freedom. Does that make sense? Now that's, 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 that's the high mark that I'm, I'm challenging you with. That this is where we can, we can come to. And so receiving our prayer language is, is really the key to, to stepping into this whole new realm. And Drew, I'm just going to fast forward here. I, I had some thoughts from John chapter 4, and, and I'm just going to um, fast forward. But let me go here. I'm just going to just... Let me show you one last thing. Okay, here we are. Okay. So this, this picture here, this is who we are. See, you are a son of the Father. You're anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the presence and power of Jesus is with you. And he's anointed you to be a witness. And other people sense something different about you. They might not say anything to you, but they know because they see there's something different in your life. And all of those descriptions, you know, speaking in tongues, wisdom beyond your years, casting out demons, miracles and power. See, all of that is resident within us. And I believe the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the key to unlock that and to bring us into a new fullness and a place where where God is powerfully using us. Now, I want to close with this. So when Jesus left, remember, he ascended into heaven. He'd done his work of training, and now he was taken back up into heaven. And we picture that by Jesus getting in the elevator, okay? Then, second slide, Jesus is in heaven. And can you imagine the welcome Jesus got as he returned to heaven? He's the conquering hero. He's been in hell. He's now got the keys to death. And he comes, he, he comes into heaven as the conquering king, doesn't he? And all of, all of heaven is celebrating his victory. And the father says to him, son, sit here at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool under my feet. And that's where Jesus is today, isn't he? He's at the command center of the universe, the right hand of the father. But the story doesn't begin there. Then the Father says to the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, you're on deck. Holy Spirit gets in the elevator, and boom, that's the day of Pentecost. Because now, the Holy Spirit, through believers like you and me, it's, Jesus was limited by his physical body, wasn't he? If he was in Galilee, he couldn't be in Jerusalem. He could only be in one place and at one time. He operated with tremendous power and tremendous authority. But he could only be in one place at one time, right? Okay, now God solves that problem by he goes back to the Father. And now the Holy Spirit is sent so that all of us that name the name of Jesus are his representative. And at any moment, Jesus can heal someone on the job. At any moment, Jesus can speak to someone through your mouth. At any moment, Jesus can give people money through your pocketbook. You see how that works? And now this massive, growing body of people on planet Earth that's growing and growing, not decreasing, it's increasing. And Jesus is increasingly able to reach into human history, and he's able to accomplish his will. And that's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is all about. And I'm going to invite Drew to come now. And if you have not yet received 
the prayer language. And if you would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, we're going to have a time of prayer so that if that's your desire, you can receive that and you can step into this glorious New Testament anointing, something that the Father wants you to have and something that uh, many of us here would say, go for it. It's a wonderful thing. If, If you agree, raise your hand. Isn't it a good thing? Oh, it is. It's marvelous. And so... This has been the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at livethemessage.org.